right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always, with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 232. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I have to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Go visit us on Twitter at PS this is awesome and if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01 and as always you can write our show at PS this is awesome at gmail.com and most importantly don't forget to share our show with your friends and make sure you leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit and finally we are a video podcast as well so you can watch our show on our YouTube channel for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS This Is Awesome to become a $1 patron, and we will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout-out on our show. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing today? Pretty good. It's uh, early for us to be recording generally, but... Um... Just, uh, I don't know, doing fine. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm doing all right. It's been a long week. But, like, I feel like the busy weeks go by fast. So long meaning that, like, a lot of shit was going on. So Friday I had a gig. Saturday uh, you and I had a gig. And then this morning we're doing the podcast. And then when we're, when we're done with the podcast, we're finishing up all the necessary stuff for bass for the one by Land record. And then I have a golf outing with uh jake from the lake not you jake but another jake so we'll see we'll see what happens and uh Dude, you might get rained out i think we're actually probably not we're actually probably not gonna golf today because it's supposed to storm all afternoon oh, really? that would actually be a welcome situation then i could just kind of lay around you know what i mean and just kind of like do my thing take it easy because yeah. i've been fucking running hard last couple days um but yeah, yeah, so here we are. I've been doing a little bit of gaming in between all of that this weekend. PlayStation uh, has a really nice sale going on right now. they got a section called the Games Under $15. If you follow us on Twitter, I, I comb through the games that were under 15 bucks and just threw out like a quick, hey, these ones have, well, I said our seal of approval, but they're essentially mine. So some of the games under 15 bucks right now that I couldn't believe, some I could believe, but Strider's on there. SteamWorld Heist is on there. Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain's on there. South Park, The Fractured Butthole, which I haven't played, but you you approve that one. Um, yep. The Metro Saga, which is all three of the Metro games. Uh, For 15 bucks? F- 15 or under, yeah, yeah, yeah. For all three yeah, yeah, Metro games. 100%. That's a steal. Yeah. Um, Nino Cooney, the first one on there. For, I think it's... Yeah, that game's a really long game. Infamous First Light's on there. Outlast, which is a cool horror game. The Castlevania Anniversary Collection. Wolfenstein, The New Order, and Valkyria Chronicles are all under there. And they're all under 15 bucks. So if you're looking for a cheap game to play and you don't want to spend a ton of money right now and you haven't played any of those, you're pretty much going to be good with any of them, I think. So anyways, Jake, any opinions on that? Do you like all those games I said? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much they cost. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't expect to pay $15 for Strider, for example. I mean, it's a good game. I don't know what but it's going I, for, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean... 
if it's if it's under ten for sure, I mean that's a good oh, pickup. I love that game. But but I would say that all three Metro games was it if it was the bundle for less than fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. that's a fucking steal. Yeah, they're calling it and the you saga. Should definitely buy that. Yeah, the Metro. Yeah, you should definitely saga. buy that. I I couldn't for whatever reason, at least at the time I was playing it, I couldn't quite get into Exodus. Mm. But the first two games I fucking loved. So. Yeah, there were some mixed opinions about Exodus just because of the way that they addressed the the traversal. Not so much the in-game traversal, but the way that the story built. Like you're on a train and you're just kind of traveling and making pit stops at different locations. So there's a lot of different lo- locations that you play, but it doesn't. You're not really in the. You're not in the metro in this game. It's like this pseudo open world thing. I think, and that's what bothered me about it is that just like. You, like, go from A to B on the train, and, like, the train gets stuck, or the train breaks down, or there's a fucking blockade, or whatever, and it's like, okay, now you have to, from this location, run around and do a bunch of shit in this open world area. And then once you solve all these tasks, then you get back on the train, and you chug down the tracks a little farther, and it's... It's fine. I mean, there's not really a problem with it, but for whatever reason, I don't know. I think it was just probably the time that I played it. I don't necessarily think it was bad or anything, but it's kind of hard, so that could be part it of it, It is too. difficult. All those games are kind of difficult, but, man, I love them. Absolutely love them. Well, let's talk about games that we're playing right now, Jake. Now, I did a weird thing, so I was looking through the sales, and there are always games on there that catch my eye that I never pulled the trigger on, and... I, I I know I talked a big game about buying the quarry and playing it. I want to save it for fall time now at this point. I mean, we're so close, so I'm not going to pick it up. I'm going to wait till fall and see if it goes on sale. I love all the supermassive games. I have all the Dark Pictures anthology games. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to wait on the quarry. I've decided till fall. And uh, if I can't get it on sale, whatever. It was on sale for Amazon Prime Days for like 50 bucks. I didn't pick it up. You know, I hope to see it on the PSN on sale here shortly. But anyways, based on what I've heard, it doesn't seem like it's worth a full $70, yeah. so I will almost certainly wait till it's on sale before I play it. Yeah, so we'll see. But 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 what I did get, Jake, is I'm playing Crash 4. So those of the listeners who are tuning in now, our July game for the PlayStation Plus, just regular PlayStation Plus, we pick a game every month, we play through it, we talk about it, the last episode of that month, Crash 4, I've I've played a little bit of this. And uh, I have some opinions on it. I like it so far. It is what it is. But we'll talk more about that on the last episode this month. But the the two games that I purchased, and I I uh, it, it's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. It's weird because I had Dragon's Crown on the PlayStation Four, and it played like just absolute shit. It was so choppy. It couldn't handle it. Like it was just bad. And they came out with Dragon's Crown Four or, or uh, Dragon's Crown Pro for the PS5. It might have been the PS3 I had it on. Sorry, I might be mis- misspeaking here. But anyways, it came out and it was just like it played like garbage, and uh, I didn't like it. There was a lot of frame rate drops because the action would get crazy, and it just didn't know what to do. So Dragon's Crown Pro was supposed to be like this uh, better running version. That you could play on the, I think the PS4, PS5. Anyways, that game was four dollars on the PSN, and it's a through and through. Like it's interesting. So it takes. So uh, let me just come out of the gate right now and say that this is a high fantasy game. So 
all of all of the tropes with uh, wizards, sorceresses, all that stuff is just baked in. There's a wizard with a beard that reaches his toes, and he's he's blue, and he's smoking a pipe, and he's blowing smoke rings. All of the female characters, if this bothers you, are hypersexualized for sure. It's just the style of the game. But I will say this: this game is awesome because for for multiple reasons. Number one. You can play it couch co-op with other people, right? Different characters, and you and you all build your own fantasy character, and you level up. So it's an RPG. There's a leveling system. There's a skill tree for all of your different classes, and it. But where it gets interesting is is the combat plays like a beat 'em up. So you go into these dungeons, and it's a beat 'em up style game where you pick up crossbows that have ten bolts, and you can shoot them. And then, like, you have magic rings that you can buy, and then it's just a, it's just like you press the up button, and you use a magic ring, and it shoots a bolt out from your guy's hand. Um, and and they have uh, uh, different weapons that you upgrade, right? So, like, right now I'm playing a dwarf character, so I play through a couple missions, and I've joined a guild, and. Uh, they're giving me different quests, and then it says, to, oh, to beat this quest, you should probably be around level 8, so go take on more missions from the guild. And then you go through, and a cool thing that this game does, it's interesting, there's also a little aspect of searching. So, like, you know, like, in Golden Abyss on the Vita, how something would sparkle, and you'd touch it with your finger, and you'd get a treasure? Like, that's how you mm-hmm. would find treasures? So, this game's art style is very hand-drawn. It's, like, animated. It, it's, like, watercolor. It's weird. But all of all of the backdrops, you have a mouse with the right analog stick. And if you see something shimmering during gameplay, you, you swing your right mouse button over it, and it drops like a gold something. And then you can go pick it up in the game while you're in the beat-em-up mode. So things just come out of the walls and stuff, and like it's really fucking rad. Hmm. And the cool thing about this game is all of the story is narrated like in a storybook fashion. And it's like, so he decided that he would go visit the wizard. And then then it's like, your mission, go visit the wizard in town. You go find the wizard. And it's like, he greets you with an ominous look. And it, and it says, you know, oh. And they have this really cool feature, too, where you find bones. And you pick up. So it you want to have as many people in your party as possible. And it can be AI controlled. Or you can play with other people online. So the cool thing is, is in order to get more people in your party, Jake is as you're taking these missions, you find what they call like a pile of bones, and you pick up these bones with the triangle button. And then you return back to town when you beat the mission, and they have a res- resurrectionist, like kind of like a, a cathedral where there's a priest, and you have the option to take these dead heroes and have them resurrected, and they can meet you at the inn, and you can recruit them to be part of your squad. So you find like sorceresses, you find wizards, you find warriors, you find thieves... And uh, so it's a really cool feature of the game. And uh, and they, they all join you, and they all have these quips that they talk like while they play and stuff. Dude, it's an awesome game. So it's like an RPG that's a beat-em-up. And it's such a cool intersection of worlds that, like, I'm loving this game. And, and the quests are very quick. And uh, it's fun. It's really fun. I don't know. Yeah, I played, uh, I played Dragon's Crown a little bit. Kind of, sur- I never played it on console, so I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that it didn't run well on console. Because if I remember correctly, it ran totally fine on Vita. So <laughs> it's weird that it would run like shit on console, it was but PS3, not on Vita. I think, the more I think about it, but it, yeah, it was garbage. But 
But I do remember really liking it. I don't know why I fell off on it, but I never ended up beating it. But I remember it being being really neat. I think I was just whenever I was playing it, I was at a time where like I wanted to play like the combat of it, but I didn't want to fuck with all of the RPG stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't want to I don't want to deal with like leveling my character and all this stuff. I think it was just a mode I was in at the time. Mm-hmm. But I do remember like a couple things about the game. I remember the bone thing where you could like <laughs> use it to it's essentially like finding mercenaries to work with yeah, you. Yeah, but you find their dead bodies and, and bring them back to life. And that that's like a really cool theme for a a pretty common gameplay mechanic. Um but I uh, I remember just the art style being really cool and It is, yeah. The just the, I don't know the, the the game in general is just awesome. I it's you know people I I know like nowadays people get like huffy and puffy about you know some of the character designs and stuff like that. Um, it's 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 easy to forget because it's high fantasy, but this is a very Japanese game as well. Yeah, which, it's cool. You know, it's it's really neat. I I do. I haven't played it in years, but I remember really liking it. Yeah, I mean, all the characters are beautiful. I mean, the, the men are ripped and they're like super strong, and the dwarves are badass, and the women are like super sexy, and like you know, it's just like wow, everybody looks like they're a model in this game. But the art style is yeah. really cool, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just such a neat neat game, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird one because it's an older game, but man, it was like four bucks. And I had my eye on Pro for a while, Dragon's Crown Pro. And I was like, man, I think this game, because I love beat em up games. I love them. They're so fun for me. And uh, it plays like that. And uh, yeah, anyways. So yeah, some of the skill unlocks you get and stuff are really interesting. Like for the dwarf, he can do like this axe throw. And then when he does the axe throw, he has to fight with his hands. So one of his skills that you can keep leveling up is that he does extra damage with his hands. So, like, if he throws, you know, I I don't know what it's called, like Fist of Fury or something. I don't know. But, you know, and you can only pick the axe up after it times out. So it gets stuck in the ground after you throw it. And then uh, it has a timer on it. And then you can grab it after so long. But speaking of beat-em-ups... I purchased another game for 10 bucks and this game came out on Switch. It was it came out on Switch and it was like really really beloved and it came out right around the time the Streets of Rage 4 was released. And this game's called The Takeover. And The Takeover is a nod. It's a it's a love letter to Streets of Rage, I think. Uh some of the hmm. character move sets, all that stuff is pretty much the same. Um the story is all right. I think some of the in-between voiceover work could be better. Um, in between levels, I got to the last level, and like one of the tropiest things that happen in these games is when you finally get to the last level, you you are approached by every boss you've already beaten the entire game. Like they just show up at yeah. the end, and it's like I can't get past it single player. I just can't do it. I put the difficulty on normal. I can't get past it. And I I love the game. The levels are long. The first level is like twenty minutes or twenty five minutes long, which is crazy for a beat 'em up. But it's a good game. The graphic style may not grab everybody but it looks way better in motion so if you're seeing like screen grabs of it and stuff yeah it looks a little little weird but it's uh it's good it plays well it looks good graphics are good live like in motion and uh i don't have any issue with this game and and they kind of elaborate a little bit on some of the moves like in this game you can have a gun and what you do is you pick up bullets so you save your gun for like some of the more tough guys 
and uh, you hold the R2 trigger down right now, and my guy pulls out like a handgun, and then just the regular attack button will shoot it off, um, which is kind of a neat idea. And it and it gets it's not as simple, and it doesn't kill people with one shot. So it, it's balanced because you know on a beat 'em up, you have to make sure you're on the same level plane that the bad guys are on. So oftentimes I'll find myself aiming at one shooting, and the bullet will just go right past him. Like, oh crap, I got to scooch down a little bit to hit this guy. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like they give you 10 bullets, 20 bullets, 25 bullets, whatever. But you, you can't you can't be a wrecking crew with a gun in the game. But it's just nice to offer a ranged combat in a beat-em-up. And it's mm. pretty cool. It's called The Takeover. Jake, what are you playing? So, I, uh, I beat Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. So, I'm done with that. So, we can basically do the... the uh, Spoiler cast whenever. Um, but after I beat Mass Effect, what did I play? I, well, I've been playing... I've been playing... Um, Crash 4. So, okay. obviously, we're we're going to talk about Crash 4 at the end of the month. Uh, and the only thing that I will say is that I had heard that this game is hard, but pretty fucking hard like yeah. i don't know if you've tried to do like all i mean i'm only like i don't know a couple hours into it i've probably played maybe 10 stages um like maybe maybe not quite that many maybe eight stages but uh the platforming is just really challenging uh but i am glad that it's not and i i never played the original crash game so i'm not really sure what uh like what the difficulty was like and what the level right. was like, but the only the only my only experience with the original Crash games was doing that shit where you're like running towards the camera, and I just hate that perspective. I hate it in and Uncharted they, they, also. Well, that's the thing is they they like adopted it into Uncharted and stuff where you're like running away from vehicles and you're like running towards the camera. And I know it's like cinematic and stuff for a game like Uncharted, but for a platformer like Crash. It's incredibly frustrating because you can't see what's coming and you can't, you know, it's all reaction time. There's no, there's no planning or anything like that. You either have to just know the level or be able to react really well. But this game, thankfully, like it's mostly side scrolly or you're going forward into the camera. You're not like, or sorry, you're going forward away from the camera, which is a common you know, for platformers. I like that uh, Sarah made... She was watching me play it yesterday. And she made this this description, which it sounds very stupid, but she was like, so this is like kind of like 3D Mario. And I was like, well, it's kind of a hard way to describe it. Yeah. Because there is, three, there is 3D Mario. Like Mario um, 64 and Super Mario Galaxy and all this stuff. But I think what she means is like... In Mario, you're side scrolling. You're essentially I don't want to call it on rails, but you're only moving in two dimensions where you're just moving like side to side. Whereas like Crash, they don't let you just run around and rotate the camera and do whatever you want, even though it's a three D space. You're right. basically just running forward and backwards or side to side or, you know, in and out. So it is kind of interesting from that perspective to think about it that way. But uh yeah, I don't know. I I've been liking it so far, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um the other game that I've been playing which is actually really 
fucking weird and probably not going to appeal to anybody on this podcast, but I've been playing the... I don't. Have you ever heard of the game Star Citizen on PC? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't even know what it's so about, it's, though. It's like a fucking meme, because they started making this game, like, literally over ten years ago at this point. And it's all... It's like the original crowdsourced game. And so, like, the way that it works is just people fund this game just like crowdfund it and then as they're funding it like they're just building it and they're building it and they're building it and it's supposed to be this it's the the it's the new game by the guy that did like wing commander and shit back in the day and what he wanted to do was make this game that's just literally like this insane just universe simulator this persistent universe where you like get a ship and you can like land on a it's like imagine no man's sky but like realistic yeah and you can like do all kinds of shit like uh and like there's like space stations but all these places are like habited by humanity and and i don't know it's it's really insane i i so I pledged to this, like, <laughs> I don't know, fucking like six years ago or something. And I was like, okay, well, when I first pledged to it, you, like, get a ship or whatever. And you're just like, okay, I can't really do anything. And then, like, a year after that, they were like, oh, you can get in your ship and you can, like, fly around in, like, this pre-pre-pre-alpha thing. Well, I kind of forgot about it for a long time. So I was like, I don't know, whatever. I don't fucking care about this game. Right. It's there, there's like literally nothing for me to play. I was waiting for the single player because they're doing this Squadron 42 single player campaign, which is a first person shooter. And oh, the uh, it has like really high profile acting talent in it, like Gillian Anderson and. Um, oh. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the guy. Um, anyway, it's got like some some big you know acting talent in it, so I was really excited for that. Yeah, but I just uh, I just rebuilt my my PC, so it's not like this crazy amazing gaming computer. But it's but I put a good enough hardware in it so that I can actually play video games on it now at like a respectable level, because for the longest time. Video cards were insanely expensive. My cat's walking in front of the camera. Um, but uh, because people were basically using video cards to mine um, cryptocurrency. So uh, so basically, video cards were hyperinflated in price. They were like four times, five times what they normally, what they should cost on MSRP. Right. So for the longest time, I didn't have a video card in my computer. Well, recently, if you've been paying attention, crypto has fucking tanked. And because crypto is tanked, nobody cares about mining it anymore. So the price of video cards has also severely dropped back yeah. to basically MSRP. So I was able to actually buy one and get my computer built up. And then I was like, okay, well, now that my computer's built, what do I want to play? And I was just kind of dicking around. All my Steam games, because I haven't been a PC gamer in a long time, all of my Steam games are super old. So I was like, I kind of want to try something, like, crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll, I'll see what Star Citizen's been up to. And it's like, le it's like legit, this full fucking universe now. You can, like, fly <laughs> around and hyper jump and land on planets and run around and 
get killed and I don't know. And it's like, it's kind of like, uh, I was thinking about what I think I might do because it's just kind of a, it's kind of a, a lot to talk about just as far as the podcast goes, but I was thinking about maybe just doing a, a little bit of a video about it or something for the, for the YouTube channel, just to kind of talk about my experience, just exploring this game. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, in case people are interested in, because I don't want to bore anyone on the podcast, but yeah, if you imagine like basically what it boils down to is imagine like No Man's Sky, but instead of a bunch of aliens and shit, it's like people and and everything is like hyper realistic graphics and you mix it with like Escape from Tarkov, which I know you've never played that game either, but it's like your character. Everything's super realistic. Like, when you equip a gun on your character, you can, like, change out the type of sight that's on it. And you can change out, like, the muzzle loader (laughs) and the muzzle that's on it. And you can, you have to, like, you have to, like, attach magazines to your armor so that you have enough that you can reload when you're playing the game. And, like, it's, it's pretty gnarly. So anyway, yeah. that's basically what I've been doing. Well, cool, man. I do- I also I also downloaded. Um, oh, I completely forgot. Actually, most of the week I've been playing Ride Four. Oh, really? Because yeah, because I um I don't know why I completely forgot about this. Because I uh, I because I finished Mass Effect, I upped my PS Plus tier to the extra tier. Okay, and that's one of the games that's on there, and I've always wanted to try because I don't. The listeners might remember that a while back we were talking about the PS5 trailer for Ride 4 and how awesome it looked. Well, the, it was uh, how, trending like, realistic for a while, it looked yeah. and everything. It was trending on Twitter and stuff. So I was like, fuck it, I'll play it, because I really liked the MotoGP games. But So I will say this about it. Um, it kind of disappoints me, to be completely honest. Yeah. I really... It's basically... So there's one company in the entire world that makes motorcycle video games. And that company is, oh my God, it's, I'm blanking on it now. Ride for, I'm Googling it, starts with an M, Milestone. They're an Italian game company, and like literally one of the only things that they do is make motorcycle video games. They make the MotoGP game, they make Ride 4, they make the World Superbike game, they make the MXGP games, which is like the which is like um, the the GP version of motocross. They make the Monster Supercross game. Um, so MotoGP, that game is like you're literally doing the MotoGP game. You're like you have a character that is you know straight into MotoGP. You do all of the racing, everything that's involved with it, all the bike setup, all the crazy shit. And then you go out and you do the races in the same way that you would do it if you're watch if you've ever watched the ever watched the circuit where it's like you've got practice days, then qualifying days, and then you've got race day and all this stuff. And in between there, you got to do all the shit like adjust your bike and do all this crap. Right. Ride four is similar in that you know the way that the racing and the physics and everything work is very similar to. MotoGP, which makes sense because it's the same developer. A lot of it's probably reused. But it's all like, um, you know, street bikes. And you get to do, like, random tracks all over the world. And you can make, like, a career mode where you do, like, you know, you're racing different 
Um, you could do like the hooligan mode, for example, like in Moto America, which is racing like fucking Harleys and shit. Yeah. And like you can do like street races and things like that. And you can buy and sell. You can buy motorcycles and upgrade them. And the cool thing about Ride Four is that like you know I can go in this game and I can buy the motorcycle that I actually own and I can like jazz it up and I can use that motorcycle when I want to run races. And that's really cool. The one thing that's a bummer to me about it though, is that there's no, like what I want is like a, like a road to the show kind of thing. Oh, right. Where like, I want to be able to like start out as a nobody and, pick like a little street bike and be able to get like my race license and then run like some local fucking you know race events and shit like that and then get into like yeah and then like get into the you know the american professional leagues and then once you get good you can kind of upgrade to getting into like the you know the world superbike and stuff like that but they don't have anything like that it's like okay well i want to you know, do the little bikes first. I want to do like the 300 cc bikes, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, you started a character, you make them, and you start your career, and it's you get your race license, which is okay, fine, whatever. Although, like, to get your race license, they they make you do like five events, and they're all just completely random motorcycles, completely random tracks. So you don't have the ability to like learn anything. It's just like, how good are you at you doing this this one task on this one track? Which is, I I didn't really care for that either, but. Then it's like, okay, now I'm going to do the 300cc series, and it's like three fucking races. There's no, like, you know, practice, there's no qualifying, there's no, like... It's more arcadey, maybe. Yeah, it's just literally like, okay, you did three races, and now you get so many points. Now you unlock the fucking super sport class, and it's like, okay, there's four races in that, and you get so many points based on how you finish. Now you unlock the heritage series, and it's like... It's like, that sucks. Like, I want there to be, like, a whole season where I'm, like, racing in this class and, like, my character is getting better yeah. and, like, Dude, road they don't have any like of that, that stuff. It's crazy. It's just like, well, that's, here, that's play what I, an that's, entire that's, that's what 300 mean. games of baseball, you know, yeah. get an average, go play 300 board games. <laughs> it's just, like, it's fucking yeah. gnarly. Like, it's just like, And oh you can, like, God. simulate and do all kinds of stuff, which is nice. Like, I wish they had something like that here. And they do have something similar in MotoGP game, the MotoGP game, but it's, like, way more targeted. It's, yeah. like, you're in this one this one series. Well, I mean, it's three series within, like, the world tier, which is Moto3, Moto2, and MotoGP. But it's, like, you don't have the ability to start as, like, a kid learning on his local fucking track and then, like, yeah. basically accelerating to the highest tier in racing. Right. Whereas, like... And so I, I'm a little bit disappointed by that. And but I will say to anyone who's interested in this, dude, these games, ride and also MotoGP, they are fucking hard. They are so hard. They're way harder, in my opinion. It's been a long time since I've played Gran Turismo or a sim racer on the on the four wheeled side, but they are way harder than like Gran Turismo and shit like that because. In those games, you don't have to worry about the physics of lean angle and braking and all this shit. Like, worst case scenario, you break too late and you go run off the track. Mm-hmm. Where, like, in this game, if you break too late and then you try to lean in, you just fucking wreck. <laughs> because, like, you lose traction. So, like, it's 
it's really, really crazy. But I do think that if you're a motorcycle fan, like, they're worth checking out. But, I, like I said, I am just kind of bummed about, like, the career mode in the game. Yeah, well, I'm, f- I'm glad you finally got a chance to uh, play it. Thanks for sharing that with us, because we, ta- we did talk mm-hmm. about it on an earlier show, about our interest in it. Let's move on to news. Jake, uh, this is interesting. Um, so you said you've bought up. I haven't bought up yet, but PS uh, PlayStation Plus, rather, Extra. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of additions here recently. And uh, by the end of 2022, there's going to be a total of over 50 Ubisoft games on the Extra. Oh, wow. So there, there's well, – I'll talk about these games. So the, the, the latest additions were uh, Assassin's Creed for Black Flag – um, to be to be clear, these are not all Ubisoft games. No, these are not. No, these are the newest editions. So we have Black right. Flag, uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue, uh, Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry, Assassin's Creed the Ezio Collection, Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, we're getting the, the Final Fantasy VII Remake and then Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, Intergrade, whatever. And then uh, Ice Age, Scratch Nutty Adventure. Uh, Jumanji, the video game, Marvel's Adventure, Avengers, Paw Patrol on a Roll, Ready Set Heroes, Saints Row 4, Reelected, Saints Row, Gat Out of Hell, um, Spirit of the North, Enhanced Edition, and Stray, which is a newly released title. I was going to say that there's a lot of contention now about PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus, what's the next one? Deluxe? Is it Deluxe? Premium. Premium. Thank Premium. you. Yeah. Um, that maybe perhaps PlayStation Plus Extra is uh, is like over delivering, and premium is under delivering. So I will say that there are some games that they're locking out to the premium tier that I'm kind of surprised by. One of them, and I don't know if in what capacity this is. But one of them seems to be Cyberpunk 2077. And I... But here's the thing. is I, you, it's, I can't tell, based on the PlayStation Store, if it's got a premium tag because it's giving you a free trial for it. Mm. Or if it's got a premium tag because the game is, is free with your premium membership. Okay. So it's kind of hard to tell there. And if it's got a premium tag because there's a free trial, that's kind of stupid because there's already a five-hour free trial for Cyberpunk on PlayStation 5. Yeah, that'd be something to research. So I'm not really sure about that. Um, As far as this list goes, I'm actually really stoked about... I I need to look into the remake Intergrade inclusion to see if it includes the Eufy DLC. And if it does, I'm definitely interested in downloading that and seeing if I can import my save to it. And uh, I want to try that that um, that DLC out. The other thing, obviously, that we've talked about is Stray, which comes out on Tuesday. I'm excited to play that. That's probably going to be the next game that I that I jump into, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, next news point. Speaking of Stray, Jake, the the um. This is pretty cool. So Annapurna is a developer. They partnered with several humane societies to help stray cats, actually. And uh, what they're doing is is they are, they've tweeted out a link, um, and you can donate five bucks currently to the Nebraska Humane Society, and then you get entered to win a download code for stray. I guess if you're a PS Plus Extra person, there's really no incentive there because you're going to be getting the game for free. But the incentive would be that you're helping out cats. 
So I, I really like this. Um, I think it's really nice, you know, when real world, like good causes, good deeds, whatever, intersect with gaming. Um, they, If you guys remember, uh, PlayStation did the play and plant initiative for Horizon um, Forbidden West. And, uh, you know, I think so for up to so many people that got the blah, blah, blah trophy into the into the whatever, forget what it was called. Um, what's it? In- yeah, it was like into the Meyer. gaunt or something yeah, like that. Yeah, into the gaunt. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were going to plant a tree. So I like this stuff a lot. It's it's nice that to see Sony and Annapurna is – I don't – are they a Sony? Are they owned by Sony or no? No, I didn't know. So. I believe they're independent. So this is an independent game thing decision, but I li- I, I like it in general when uh, gaming companies, video game stuff, uh, find a way to positively affect our world. So um, very cool. So I did. I donated five bucks, and uh, I'll keep you guys posted if I get a free download code. I kind of just did it because I wanted to support the idea behind it. You know, maybe more. Yeah, it's cool. If they get good numbers on this, maybe more more companies will kind of partner up with things that, you know, I don't know, whatever. Hey, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a smash hit, Jake. We've known this, but to drive the point home, it is now almost sold 10 million copies on PS4 and PS5. So there's no doubt this is what Sucker Punch is working on right now, the new one. Um, and the more I think about it, you know, this game kind of did take a lot of people by surprise. People were like, oh, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, this looks awesome. And then they had to stay to play, and it looked a little bit better. You're like, oh, this looks kind of cool. But then it was like, ah, it looks a little Assassin's Creedy, a little, you know. But then, like, the game came out, and everybody was like, holy shit, this game's really fucking cool. So, yeah, I'm glad that they hit a home run with it. I kind I, I kind of forgot about it. And then they released that uh, additional DLC. It was, it was free, um, the online portion of it which was really fun if you've never played that that was really cool um so I'm yeah i've heard see. i've heard that that's really good i i haven't played it mostly because i just don't play games online but i i uh really liked ghost of tsushima i thought it was a great surprise new ip just like when horizon came out and that was a great surprise yeah um it's a little less surprising coming from sucker punch because we knew they had it in them with with uh infamous but this game was really cool. I love the aesthetic of the game. I don't know how much I actually care about uh, Jin Sakai as a protagonist, but I liked all of the characters that you met in the world and the overarching story and all the side quests that you did and how you were affecting the people on the island of Tsushima. Um and I'll be curious to see what they do with the next game to make it not uh, essentially the same thing, a, a derivation of the first one. Yeah, I, I I'm curious to see what they come up with. To be honest with you, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they mix it up a little bit. Maybe Jin Sakai is not the main player. You might you might have a female protagonist now. They'll they'll do something to mix it up for sure. Um, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, so moving forward, Jake, there's a game and, uh, believe it or not, it apparently released this week on steam for VR. Um, it's getting a ton of attention and, uh, the game's called kayak mirage VR and it's kayaking simulator. And there's some online racing that you can do with kayak also, but the graphics look fantastic. And this is actually 
really a smart idea for VR if you think about it. Um, the developer is Better Than Life, and they announced recently that they are uh, working on a PSVR 2 version of this game. Um, it just looks awesome. So reviews on Steam um, stem all the way from, uh, instead of saying this game was made for VR, they're saying VR was made for this game. Um all the way up to people saying this is the Microsoft flight sim for VR, but for kayaking. People are going nuts saying huh. the illusion of kayaking in this is incredible. They, someone even said, like, this is the best graphics they've ever seen in any game, VR or not. So I don't even understand that statement. So maybe the water effects are amazing, but it looks awesome. Like, I think it would be really, really fun to play a game like this in VR. Uh, using the like the rowing and stuff, and just going around and looking around at different sites, and like if they give you little goals, like I don't know what they give you, you know, it just seems really awesome. I'm actually excited about a kayaking game. I have kayaks. We have kayaks. We don't go out as much as we should, um, but this looks awesome. It looks tranquil, also. So I don't know opinions. Yeah, it it looks great. I'm looking at it now. Um, it's blowing up on Steam. People are just going ape shit about this game. The VR players on the, Steam. I mean, the graphics are pretty incredible, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's or... really weird. So I like that it's almost like this studio was created to make this game. Like, the title of the studio is Better Than Life. So they must be, like, a VR developer. You know what I mean? They got to be. Like, with the title, like, Better Than Life. Like, this is better than the real thing. You know, here, you can do things in your life that you can't really do. We'll give you the headset and you can... Like, it's weird. It's... it's uh, I don't... I've never heard of the studio before. But they've tapped into something with this game, so it's it's apparently being uh, there's going to be a VR two version for PlayStation. Um, it's on my radar. That's all I'm saying. I like that there's no when they're when they're like racing each other. There's like there's no, no people. <laughs> there's no bodies in the kayaks. It's literally just a kayak and then like a floating hat. And then a fucking paddle just whipping around yeah. on either side they of the kayak. They couldn't put the fake body in there. I mean, maybe that's how they make it look so good, is that they're not dealing with those physical animations, but it looks great. Like, I wish that they would make something like this, though, where I can just fucking walk around, and I don't have to sit in a goddamn kayak. Walk, yeah. They haven't it seems like it would be... It seems like it would be annoying to have to like wave my arms back and forth to like get around this world maybe but it might feel good though it might we'll have to see it's got to have a good soundtrack yeah yeah i don't know know. that's interesting i didn't even think about the soundtrack it looks great i hope there's no soundtrack i hope it's just like birds and like the water gurgling and stuff and the sound of the paddles i just hope it's like super relaxing like that maybe with an optional soundtrack that sounds like I don't know old old uh, course selection soundtrack for like a golf game, like this jazz hmm. shit. I don't know, but anyways, let's move on. Yeah, that, I thought that was interesting. Sony and Bungie now, Jake, are finally joined in marriage. The deal went through, so welcome Bungie to the family. Um, that's interesting. So this actually went through. I thought it was under review and stuff for a while, wasn't it? Wasn't this one of the agreements? I mean, yeah, they were like, hey, we just got to check this real quick. I mean, it wasn't nothing like the Activision Microsoft deal where they're like, you know, they got a freaking microscope on everything just because that deal is so huge. But comparatively, the Bungie acquisition is is pretty small. Yeah, so that's cool. I don't know that they really care. It's official. It happened. It wasn't official until just now. So 
That's interesting, and I think that Bungie's going to be working in in conjunction with PlayStation to do some uh, like live service game stuff. Um, you know, they're they're doing Destiny right now, obviously, but um, maybe they're cooking up something new. I don't know, but uh, hmm. yeah, we'll see. I, I know they are working on. I think they were working on some like talking about like maybe some third person like competitive shooter or something. Weird. I thought I saw. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And then uh, a well-respected and accomplished writer for Naughty Dog announced via Twitter that he is leaving the developer for an unknown destination. Um, Josh Schur uh, was involved with Uncharted 4, Last of Us 2, and probably many other games. He had been working at Naughty Dog for 21 years. Uh, he did indicate, um, though this is the news point here, that uh, nobody is ready for what Naughty Dog has in store for us. So... I don't know if that's just fluff, him just saying, hey, we left on good terms, I'm going to give my boys a shout-out, you know, my coworkers a shout-out. Or, like, there's been a lot of, like, little nuggets, like, oh, shit, you know, Druckmann's like, I can't wait, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, I believe it coming from <laughs> someone from Naughty Dog, but this sounds like just that PR shit that, like, you hear all the time when a game's coming out. Yeah. It's just like, you guys aren't ready for what we're going to give you. It's like, Fucking battle royale. World's it's like out. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we're gonna break. That's. I mean, it's a bummer that he's leaving, but I mean, I'm assuming that you know, I don't think that it's it shouldn't probably affect Naughty Dog knows how to develop talent. This guy, I was looking at his Moby Games page. He started doing like you know, art and shit way back in the day. Yeah. Like, developed into a writer. He wasn't always a writer at Naughty Dog. So I wouldn't be surprised if Naughty Dog has been grooming guys to even come up and fill his place. Oh, for sure. Or maybe this guy himself has even been grooming his own, you know, whatever you want to call it, replacement. (laughs) Yeah. So, but uh, good luck to him. Hopefully we'll find some place neat to work. Maybe he'll go work at Bungie. Yeah. And then... uh, will stay within the family or something. There you go. Yeah, it's hard to say, but I, I always like it when somebody leaves a studio on a good note and gives a shout-out to their coworkers, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to this place. I can't talk about it, but you guys ain't even ready for what Naughty Dog's about to throw down. And I'm just like, man, yeah. it kind of gets me excited because it's not a straight-up PR stunt, but it's like kind of underhanded where you're just like, maybe he's like being legit or maybe this is a little bit of lip Unless service. they're like, oh, you guys, you guys aren't even ready, and it's – like a fucking match three game or something. It's like no, Naughty Dog's not ready. Apparently, it's <laughs> not coming out for a couple more years. So you, you have guys no idea ready. what you're. No, you have no I, which idea what you guys are getting. It's a licensed My Little Pony game. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. It's called Last, the Last of the Bronies. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so where were we? Oh, so I just have a link to this next one. This is actually big news, and I don't. I just kind of put it down here later on the the thing. But um, so Sony announced a loyalty program, and Jake, the loyalty program is called uh, All PlayStation Stars, which is interesting. And uh, this was on the PlayStation blog, and they have since made it very clear that the that the the image it is completely not an NFT thing, and people are like, "Oh shit, Sony went NFT." It's like, no, fuck that. They shot that down very fast. They're not. It's not what this is. I'm just gonna. The thing is, the thing that pisses me off about that is that like 
this is just people reacting on the internet because if they actually read the fucking blog article, <laughs> why would you think it's an NFT program? Yeah. Like, I don't understand why people just immediately jump Because you're getting to, like, avatars, oh. right? You're getting avatars, like little lo- like logos and stuff, but whatever. So, so, be- so real quick, what it is, so on the PlayStation blog, I'll comb through it real quick. They're just saying, you know, the company's 27-year history, they've been moved by how meaningful uh, the gaming experiences can create uh, fond, lifelong memories for players, and then they say they take joy in creating these unique products and experiences to delight their fans, um, and... Uh, they're revealing this PlayStation Stars, which is a brand new loyalty program that celebrates you, the player, for being on this ever-growing gaming journey with them. Um, and they say it's going to be free to join when it launches. It hasn't launched yet. It's going to launch later this year. And once you're a member, you can earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities. They're going to have a monthly check-in campaign um, that requires you to play any game to receive a reward. Other campaigns are going to be a little more in-depth, possibly tournaments, specific trophies need to be unlocked, you're going to be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone, which is fucking nuts. Could you imagine like winning that one? It would be kind of cool, like a badge of honor. Uh, it would be dope if they're like, they're like, oh, this person was the first person in the eastern time zone to platinum God of War Ragnarok, so they give him like... Five hundred dollars in PSN cash or something. Yeah, but you're just gonna get a- like that would be that would be sick. I mean, it, it, it's cool. I don't know what you're gonna get, but they do say that you'll have opportunities to earn loyalty points, and then points can be redeemed um, in like a catalog, probably a digital catalog that can include wallet funds, right? So points can equate to wallet funds. This is a this is a bit of a redirect from the Sony Sony Awards program rewards program. So. I was getting points for the Sony Rewards program for earning trophies and then cashing them in for digital wallet funds. So it's kind of like that, but it, now it's almost just going to be spearheaded by PlayStation, like this section of it, which I think yeah. is a good idea. Um, so you can get wallet funds. Uh, in addition, uh, as an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earn points for purchases on the store. Again, it's very much like the Sony Rewards program. And as part of Stars... Uh, they're going to unveil a new type of reward called Digital Collectibles. And this is a thing that got everybody all fucking fired up. And it said, Collectibles are as diverse as our portfolio of products and franchises. Digital representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games, other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into Sony's history of innovation. There will always be a new collectible to earn, an ultra-rare collectible to strive for, or something surprising to collect just for fun. And Sony, you know. I think I think maybe probably what hangs people up is the idea of like an ultra rare collectible. Yeah. And probably what they mean by that is that 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 collectible is just really hard to earn. To earn, right? It's not like you can so, only so, get so many of them. Yeah. So like you know they're not going to say like oh, oh now now they may when the other avenue I guess you could say is that maybe they're like oh you have to complete this task within the window of like July 2023 or something and then if you do that you get this collectible that's like but any like there's an unlimited number of them in that month it's not like there's some you know limited number I could be wrong about that but it doesn't seem like that's the way that they're going with this yeah I I like the idea it's basically like yeah, it's like if you can do the tasks, you if you can do the requirements, you get the items. You get the thing. Just straight up. And it's like, you know, anybody can get them. It's like, oh, you got the 
the fucking, you know, the blah, blah, chibi blah thing. cloud yeah. avatar. And it's like, oh, well, you got the, you know, the, I don't know, beheaded Kratos avatar. It's <laughs> right. like, okay, well, that's Seems that's like cool it's just another, because- another way to, to have a badge of honor <clears throat> and then to, like, you know, some brand loyalty and, and have people get to stoked. me it's it, to me, it just seems like a, an extension of trophies is all, and the rewards program a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of just basically just throwing you digital swag for completing tasks and kind of getting you in, incentivizing you to Stay participate in the play, PlayStation ecosystem, which is cool. Yeah, I like it. So that happened. It's not out yet, but keep an eye out for that. It'll be releasing later this year. And this next one is a weird news point, and it's. It kind of came out of nowhere. We've been talking about the new skate game, Jake. We've been calling it Skate 8, Skate 7, Skate 5, Skate 4, whatever we thought we were going to be calling it. Um, so the developer came out. This is e- this is an EA game. Um, but the new skate game is going to be a free-to-play title. It's going to be a sandbox kind of skate game. It's not even going to be called Skate 4. It's just going to be called Skate. They said it's not going to be an iterative title moving forward. Uh, the developer indicates it's going to be a regular skate game. And uh, because of the free-to-play and sandbox nature of this game, which makes complete sense coming from like a little bit of skateboard background. Like, mm-hmm. dude, we used to build our own fucking ramps and shit all the time and like just set up areas to skate on, right? So it, there's going to be like a shared area. Um, for the online people, they, they can just go, go shred together, go skate, jam together. And then, like, uh, you know, I'm guessing that you can set up your own challenges in this online world and see if other people can beat them. Set up, a, like, a mini skate park somewhere. Like, it just seems awesome, actually. The fact that it's free to pay, play is a little... Uh, I don't know. Like, how much are we going to get, right? Uh, yeah. from the get-go, and how much are we going to have to buy into later? This is games as a service. What are you going to be paying for on the back end? Um, well, they did say that there it would not be pay to win. The only... And they're not going to lock areas of the map unless you pay, stuff like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if they have, like, expansions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like... But if it's free to play, they said you're not going to have to do that. I don't know. It, to me, it just seems like maybe you might have to pay for, oh, you want, like, this gnarly board. type of ramp. Yeah. Or, like, you want this gnarly board design. Or you want the the wheels that are on fire. Or you want the fucking character that, you know, I don't know. Or you want Janko like jeans. Chief or something. Right. Yeah. Or wallet jeans. You want Janko jeans. Um, <laughs> I think that this is cool. I, I think that this is cool. I, I think that uh, this has the potential to be a really neat streaming game. Like people building... It's like in Grand Theft Auto Online. People mod it and they make these crazy fucking like maps where people are trying to drive cars through all these like Hot Wheels ramps and shit like that. Yeah. And to me, it seems like they could do something similar with this game where people make like these crazy skate parks or like, crazy challenges and streamers try to do them and stuff like that. I, I don't know. It... It seems to me like it could be pretty cool. I personally don't want to play an escape game with other people, but as long as the game itself can be played alone and it plays just like any other skate game, I'm still interested in checking it out. Yeah, for sure. Especially if it's free to play. Why the hell not? I think it's a pretty cool move. Uh, you know, in in if you think about it, what's kind of neat about it is skateboarding was uh, – 
never meant to it wasn't the vehicle for skateboarding the motivation was never money it was never like let's fucking rake in money skate with skate skaters and skateboards right it became very popular and then you know these different you know games started coming out and then you know sponsorships and the skaters you know, look, your cat's totally loving the camera. That's funny. <laughs> but what I what I like about it is it feels like it's going back to the roots of what skateboarding's about. It's about community. It's about challenging yourself. It's about, you know, getting out there with a the board and just uh, cranking out some tricks and trying to get good at something. And there shouldn't be a barrier of entry to it, you know, just like in regular skateboarding. You know what I mean? You don't need the best deck. You don't need, you know. I think my first board was given to me by some local skater kid. He's like, yeah, this shit, I just got a new yeah. board. Here you go. And he's like, oh, cool. Now I can do all kinds of shit with this. So it's kind of nice. You mer- do you remember when there used to be that skate shop in Meadville? Yeah, Image Skates. My my buddy. Image yeah, Skates. We, dude, yeah, like we, we were – dude, we worked so hard to get, to get that skate park open too in Meadville. Like I remember like – yeah, yeah. Me and my friends, yeah, we would always do shows to like raise money for it. And like, I remember like that family who ran Image Skates were always going to like uh, council meetings, city council meetings. It's just lobbying to have that fucking skate park made for us kids. And uh, yeah. it was really cool. And it's still down there. I mean, it's kind of a kind of a death trap now. It hasn't been cared for, but it's uh, it's still cool as shit. I still see kids down there skating on it once in a while when I run. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, to see. definitely. Um. Yeah, so anyway, Supermassive Games, Jake. Uh, the folks behind The Quarry and uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology and uh, the other one I can never remember the name of, the one Until Dawn, um, were recently acquired by Nordisk Games. And this is kind of weird because I always kind of assumed that Supermassive was going to get scooped up by, uh, by Sony. I just thought that it, it something that might, might be something that was going to happen. So uh, on a Push Square article, article they indicate that um, so the publisher took out thirty point seven percent stake in the company last year, but upped it now to a full one hundred percent. They indicate that this is being done to increase our support to the team and most importantly continue the great working relationship they have with them. Um, so it's interesting, um, I guess. Uh, just Cause, uh, the developer Avalanche Studios, and uh, Mercury Steam, who are behind the Lord of Shadow game, the Castlevania game, are also in the Nordisk Games uh, environment. So they're they're all in that ecosystem. Um, there's been no price on the buyout at this point, um, but the uh, uh, dude from Supermassive came out with a quote, and this is what he said, and then we'll we'll talk about it. He said, having had such a positive experience over the past year, it wasn't a difficult decision when Nordisk Games wanted to explore increasing their investment. We have an exciting and ambitious growth strategy for Supermassive Games, and Nordisk Games' ownership only enhances that. Um, and then the CEO from Nordisk indicated that inquiring – in acquiring 100% of the studio, they're going to be able to increase the support of the team. Most importantly, continue the great working relationship we have with them, like I said in earlier. So, interesting. I, I, I would have liked to have seen the acquisition made by Sony, honestly. But I don't know that their games, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I've read mixed reviews now on The Quarry. And I've enjoyed my time with the Dark Pictures anthologies. And they, they are doing one-of-a-kind things. Like... So I can understand why Sony didn't purchase them because Until Dawn 
took Sony published that game, and it took four fucking ever for them to make that game. Yeah, which was probably a little bit, of, even though it was great, which was probably a little bit of a black mark for Sony. And then everything that they've made since then has had middling critical reception. There's like not like none of the none of the uh, I'm not saying that you didn't like it, but critically speaking, the dark picture stuff has been kind of like people have been kind of lukewarm on it, and then the quarry stuff seems like the quarry stuff. I mean, the quarry of the game. <laughs> it seems like people like it, but it's a little bit it it's a little bit thin for the price tag that they have on the game. So I can understand why Sony wouldn't want to necessarily bring a project like that into their stable. But um, I don't know. I mean, I was looking up Nordisk Games a little bit, and it looks like they have some other you know, mobile developers and stuff like that. The big ones are Avalanche and Mercury Steam. Uh, so we'll just have to see. I mean, maybe with the resources of, have, of being owned by somebody, they'll have the ability to kind of tighten up their development cycle a little bit. Yeah. But um, we'll have to see. I think the interesting thing about this, and I think that a lot of people might be missing it a little bit, and uh, I think I think Supermassive Games is a victim of the second album situation, right? So when you're a musician, you release your first record, and it's like, oh, man, this is so fresh and awesome. Everyone's in. And then you release your second album, and it's arguably just as good as that first record, but it's not enough to like keep people in because it's just like more of what they've already gotten a taste of and they've kind of moved past it. I think this is what's happening with Supermassive because I think if we were to go back and replay Until Dawn, I think we would find that the quarry is as good if not better. I haven't played the quarry, but I, I think the appeal of Until Dawn was the branching decisions and all the shit they've been doing with all the Man and Medan stuff or the Dark Picture stuff. I don't know that... I don't think that they are doing anything that much different than the first game, and I think that's where their problem is. I, I don't think that these well, games are bad. My understanding is that the reason is not that people don't have a problem with the games. It's that they don't like the stories as much. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, so it's in, in in a game like this. That's like the meat and potatoes of the whole experience. I mm. mean, who cares what button you press to fucking you know make this decision or that decision? Um, Until Dawn was an incredibly streamable game, which I think helped it. That helped it out a lot. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't played anything past until dawn yeah. so i have no idea I th- yeah i would but, say like the technical quality the you know the the graphics and everything of everything I, they're all as good mm-hmm. as until dawn in the gameplay and i think they've even refined some areas too so it's interesting that they get they're kind of getting crapped on but they kind of i don't want to say they invented this uh they're not getting crapped on either I, I should take that back i think people still like them and like their games but i feel like it's tough to uh, it's tough to critique something when you already have it in your head w- what you want out of it, right? 
So I don't know. Like I, I would, I would argue if the Corey came out and it was their first game, people would be fucking going ape shit over it because like, oh, who's this studio? Oh, this game's a mate. Oh, this game's awesome. You know, that would be the impression. But because they've released all this other stuff before, it, it's just like, okay, yeah, it's like a choose your own thing, choose your own adventure kind of situation. Uh, yeah, the story's not as good as Until Dawn, so it's not as good. You know, and it's like I don't know, but yeah, I think that. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just need to get some different writers on board or do something a little more creative. I'd like to see them venture into something a little little different. Like, what what if you did a game... Like, all their games have been based in uh, r- real life with some weird supernatural shit happening. What, what if it was completely different? Like, what if it was based in a different time period? Like, what, what if it was based in, like, medieval days? And they had a game for choose your own like I say choose your own adventure, but you know what I mean, like a game that had a story based back back in like I don't know the eighteen I don't know seventeen hundreds or something. It'd be kind of weird in sixteen hundreds if they did like a civil war game like this. Yeah, I mean it would be it would certainly be interesting. Cool. I'm trying to find the what. <laughs> what the Metacritic score was for the quarry, but I can't fucking find it anywhere. That's weird. Well, you keep looking. I'm is gonna, it not... I'll talk about Is this. it not called... Is it not called quarry, Q-U-A-R-R-Y? The quarry. Well, I understand that, but... <laughs> Jake, you gotta put the the in front of it, man. The quarry... Okay, so so I was just looking something. I was just doing a little bit of research. Basically... um. Now, let me just look up Until Dawn. All right, so the thing is is that, like, they're not really that far out of pocket with their new games. Until Dawn has a Metacritic score of 79. Mm-hmm. And all of their games since then have between been between 70 and 75 on Metacritic. Metacritic, not a perfect metric, but it's what I have to go on. So I don't think they're that far out of pocket with these newer games. I think that the problem is is it's a little bit like you're saying, where it's like I think it's a little bit of the sophomore album syndrome where people were like blown away by the first game because they were like, Oh, this is crazy and I can make all they can do all the streaming content and all this stuff. And then after that people are like Okay, now I'm past all of the the uh, um, the stuff that makes this game popular. Like now, like if it doesn't have a good story, maybe I'm not getting into it. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's just weird. Like I, I think it's the rose-colored glasses thing. I think people look back at Until Dawn and think it was this amazing accomplishment that was like as good as like The Last of Us or something. And it was a good game and it just took people by surprise. But honestly, I, th- I think, you know, all of their games afterwards have been just as fine. Uh, you know, the story might not be for everybody and all these all these little pieces, but they, uh, they've they been doing a good job. So I'm happy to see him get some backing. Happy to see him get in bed with somebody who's going to help them. Like you said, maybe help the development cycle a little bit and uh, keep put. But they've put out so many games. If you count those Dark Pictures anthology games, they have three of them out now. They did Until Dawn. They did the VR game 
for Until Dawn, didn't they? Or did they not do that? Someone else did that. I don't know if they did the Rush of Blood or not. All right. Well, let's let's say they didn't. They've released four games since. Uh, well, they've released four games since Until Dawn, including Until Dawn. And uh, no, they have five games, including Until Dawn. They have the Quarry, the three Mana Medan games, and the um, Until Dawn game. And then they're, uh, they're working on... There's another one coming out very soon, the Man of Medan series. So they're going to have four Dark Pictures, Pictures Anthology games, Until Dawn, The Quarry, and they're working on a new one, I guess. So, I mean, these guys, are, they're churning out games. So I, I think that maybe you're right. Maybe they just need to take a little bit more time on the story. We'll see. Anyways, yeah. Bandai Namco, Jake, um, confirmed that they have been hacked by a ransomware group. Um, so there was some speculation. A tweet had come out uh, that said uh, ALPHV, which is a ransomware group. Um, they're also referred to as Black Cat Ransomware, uh, claimed to have ransomed Bandai Namco. And uh, they hadn't confirmed it at the time of the tweet. And then they did come out. So they indicate... On July 3rd, uh, 2022, Bandai Namco Holdings confirmed that it experienced an unauthorized access by third party to the internal systems of severe or of several group companies in Asian regions, excluding Japan. Um, they said in a statement uh, to VCG that after after we confirm the unauthorized access, we have taken measures such as blocking access to the servers to prevent the damage from spreading. Bandai Namco said that there is also a chance that customer information related to the toys and hobby business in Asian regions, excluding Japan, was included in the servers and PCs. And uh, they are currently identifying the status about existence of leakage, scope of the damage, and investigating the cause. They also offered uh, sincere apologies. They said that they're looking into strengthening its security and taking measures to prevent it from happening again in the future. This comes way of an IGN article. Um, and then they go on to talk about what ransomware is. Uh, it's essentially a malware. It encrypts files on a device. They render the files and the systems that rely on them unusable. And then they demand a payment. And then they'll release the files back to the company undamaged. And uh, this is this happened uh, to Capcom um, in 2020, I think. And uh, CD Projekt Red, we were joking about that also. Um, were a victim of a cyber attack, which we were joking about because they were like the cyberpunk group. <laughs> this is becoming this is becoming a huge issue globally. I, in the last few weeks, two companies that I work with directly have been victims of ransomware attacks and are completely shut down right now. Yeah. So it's becoming a thing that more and more and more companies are getting hit with. I don't know that ransomware is as big of an issue on the individual front, but I would highly suggest, you know, having some kind of antivirus or something on your computer if you can to try and block some of the shit from getting on your machine in case it does happen to you. But yeah, it's, it sucks that, that, that people are willing to, hold companies hostage like this. I mean, I don't really care so much about corporations, but there are people that work there and their lives right. are being affected by this. Right. So, I don't know. It's kind of a dick move. 
to be a to be a hacker, you know. But I don't know, they're criminals. What can you say? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the new games, Jake. July nineteenth century, Age of Ashes, ending extinction is forever, and Stray on the PS five, PS four. Um, July twentieth, we're getting Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance two on the PS five, PS four, which is interesting. Um, Baldur's Gate is an old school game, and uh, I didn't even know that game. was coming out, so that's kind of interesting. Um, Dread Out 2 on PS5, PS4, Hazel Sky on PS4, Seduction Amongst Fate, <laughs> Seduction Amongst Fate, PS5, PS4, the fuck is that? Huh. Um, I can only imagine. <laughs> Severed Steel on PS5, PS4. July 21st, we're getting Arcade Archives, Chack and Pop on PS4, Bright Memory Infinite on PS5. Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp PS4 Hell Pie on PS5 Post Void on PS5 River City Saga Three Kingdoms PS4 I was going to look into that game because I like River City Ransom and I didn't know if this was going to be a beat em up game I doubt it is um, Wayward Strand PS5 PS4 July 22nd Capcom Arcade Second Stadium So this is kind of cool um, We got some free games on the Capcom Arcade recently and uh, those games, I can't remember what they were. I, I, I One was Street Fighter, and the other one was uh, 1942, I believe. So they have a second stadium, which integrates into their arcade uh, loader, and then uh, you can get more games through them. So so I can't speak to hardly any of these games, other than Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance 2 is fucking awesome, but it's kind of crazy that they're re-releasing the PS2 game nowadays. Um, but it's cool that it's available. This the the game post void. I don't know if you've ever like watched anything on it. It looks fucking psycho. Yeah, it's like this super fast paced first person shooter that like if you don't kill enemies you die, and so like you have to like keep running around and killing. But it's like a rogue like, so you've got to like keep going and going and going. And if you die, you have to start over. Mm-hmm. But uh, and it's in this really crazy like pixelated early nineties first person shooter style. Yeah, it's. And the colors are really bananas. Like, if you're interested in crazy FPS games, I think you should check out Post Void. It looks really neat. Okay, very cool. I looked into the River City Saga um, Three Kingdoms, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what kind of a game it is. It, it looks like a beat 'em up, but I don't think it is. Um, well, the River City Girls games are beat 'em ups. Are they? Man, yeah, so I'm guessing that's probably what it is. I love this old school pixel art that this game has. Um, I just, I really appreciate those faces and those like little, uh, st- like, um, staunt like characters. Like they're all like crunched up. Like it reminds me of, um, there was a dodgeball game that was like one of my favorite games on Nintendo. Was it a uh, Super Dodgeball? Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played that, but that is probably what, yeah, dude, Super Dodgeball was one of the best dodgeball games in, in existence ever, period. Uh, that's all there is to it. And the River City, um, Ransom, uh, River City Saga characters kind of look like the faces from the Super Dodgeball, um, game, I remember. So, man, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at Super Dodgeball right now, and it says the first review on, uh, it's got a 91% likes this game. 
Um, but the first review says, one of the best multiplayer games to grace the NES, yet no one knows it exists. And while it does have problems, it makes <laughs> it makes for it with some fast-paced, easy-to-jump-in multiplayer tournaments. If you want to play it but don't have an NES, don't worry. It's available for Switch. So Super Dodgeball is awesome. Sorry, that's a little bit of a derailment. But uh, that about concludes the podcast, Jake. Do you have anything you want to talk about before we call it quits? I got to get recording here at, at 11. It's 10.30 right now. So... so- Two things that are unrelated to video games. One, apparently, there is a Taco Bell in California that is making the Crunchwrap Supreme, but instead of the hard tortilla shell layer in the middle, they're using a giant cheese it. So that sounds amazing. So if that becomes a national phenomenon, you better believe I'm going to be giving myself fucking heart palpitations. That sounds amazing. And the other thing was, I don't know if you saw that um, apparently Pantera is going to tour. With Phil? And they're going to, they're gonna, yeah. It's going to be, well, Phil and um, Rex Brown are the only two surviving members. They're going to have Zach Wilde play guitar and... Uh, um, Who the fuck's going to drum? The, the guy from... The guy from... Uh, uh, Anthrax. Oh wow, Charlie Charlie Benante. So it's it's like a legit lineup. I'm sure that fucking uh, I'm sure that Vinnie Paul is rolling over in his grave right now because yeah. the whole reason why Pantera never reunited was because Vinnie Paul fucking hates Phil Anselmo. Yeah, but um. I think that that's cool. I mean, I, I I think it'd be awesome to see to see Pantera, but I mean, it's not. It's only half the band, but it'd be kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, Phil still has his pipes, and let's let's hear him belt out some Pantera songs. Yeah, listen to some Cemetery Gates or some shit. Yeah, I'm broken is like one of my favorite Pantera songs. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's call it Jake. Um, thanks for tuning in to episode 232 of PS This Is Awesome. Uh, we do appreciate our listeners, and uh, we hope that we didn't drone on too long about any topic that you were disinterested in. But that's what we do. We talk about what we want to talk about. So I'm glad you listened to us uh, talk about video games for a while. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully uh, we'll hear hear from you at awesome at gmail.com. Write us. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if you picked up any games here on the the recent sales. Um, did you buy up to PS Plus Extra or whatever premium? And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week like we always are. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, guys and girls. Like Madison, Mass Effect 2, and Metal Hellsinger. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.